Hey, Steve, how do you spot a blind man at a nude beach? Hmm. I don't know. How do you spot a blind man at a nude beach? Nah, that's not hard. Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, (laughs) to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the greatest horror movie podcast. You got it. You figure it out? Yep. I got to thank the great Greg Cock for that one. Uh, I was hanging out with him at the Woodshed Guitar Experience (laughs) Guitar Camp, and uh, he laid that one on. He's one of the funniest fucking guys ever. That's hilarious. I was like, writing that one down, Mm -hmm. he's on the show. Thanks, Greg Cock, for that one. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be talking about... What about Blob? What about Blob? Starring, of course, Bill Murray and uh, what, what's his name from Jaws? That other one. Yeah. <laughs> the Blurb the from blurb. 19 and Ocho Ocho. That's right. If you're saying it in Espanol. That's how you do it. You uh-huh. use it. In Espanol, they like to use Spanish words every once in a while. Uno Nueve Ocho Ocho is the <laughs> year right. that it was made. There we go. Is the año it was made, I should say. <laughs> right? God, I'm good at this, man. Yeah. I'm really, really Fucking good. Fucking nailing it. Uh, and we're going to get to talk about that movie after we catch up and shoot the shit and drink yep. some beer and enter the preview palace and all kinds of good stuff. But if you want to be a boring person, get right on to the movie review. Go on, check it. I know that you guys exist because you there. leave negative reviews. I know you do. <laughs> There's a, a, a time stamp for you in the podcast description and stuff. Can you imagine? Just imagine you're this person. Um you're standing in front of a door, pushing the hell out of it. Yeah. And then you go home and you review the door and you're like, I pushed that door so goddamn long. Wouldn't open. And then the owner of the door says, did you see the sign that said pull? That's you. If Here's you your say, sign. I, well, I listened for 45 <laughs> minutes and they didn't even get through the movie. <laughs> they always talk like they that. They do. It's Guess what? You didn't read the sign. And we're making fun of you. And we're, yes, and we're making fun of you for no, it. No, they're all going to laugh at you. Yes, and they're they all will. Laugh at you. And it'll be deserved. That's right. And they'll pour pig's blood on you. Damn right. But you'll get pretty cool powers. So. You know what? Yeah. It's a benefit. Yeah. We'll call it a perk. <laughs> Basically, we've blessed you with carry powers. You're welcome. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Mm-hmm. Now go leave a positive review. Be like, I was <laughs> going to gave- comment about how long they talked before the movie, <laughs> but they gave me carry powers. <laughs> Five stars. Dead and Lovely, the podcast that gives you pe- carry powers. Yeah, the yeah. power-givenest cast. We're a power cast. <laughs> Whoa. Fuck podcasts. We're a power cast. Power Actually, cast. wait, wait. That might have some bad connotations. Oh, fuck. I was thinking of the power team. I thought we were going to be Ooh. ripping phone books. That might have half. negative connotations, too. Right. Yep. <laughs> they both have negative. You <laughs> we're know what? just a power, podcast. We're just a podcast. Power should not be involved in anything we're involved in, right? Right. I don't want to use that word. <laughs> no, no It just seems power. like we should sidestep that word. Yeah. Like electricity, cool. That's cool. There man. we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about all we're gonna get into that. I think. Yeah. My my, 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 what have you been up to here, Steve? I don't even know what that explosion of noises was. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we just we just had the 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 meetup, though we we dropped our meetup talk into the last episode. So if you want to hear about that, you Hellraiser three, check out the Hellraiser three episode. Um, amazing. Beyond amazing. that, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Love all those people. So glad it, it went off the way it did. Uh, beyond that, though, I didn't really have any time to do anything. Dude, I um, hear that, man. And I don't know about you, man, but like after, you know, I had I had the guitar camp thing going on that yeah. same weekend. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of popping in and out of both. Yeah. Uh, and like on Saturday, I did both. I hung out with, uh, with yeah, the I, lovelies and then I went and did the camp thing. Every night I did the camp, I got home at like 4 a.m. and shit. Well, yeah, Emily and I, we seriously, because like, 
I, I think we totaled it up, and it was something like we got 10 hours of sleep maybe yeah. from Thursday Combined. to, yeah, to Sunday morning. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, Sunday, I, I was just a fucking zombie. I woke up at, I think, like 1.15 p.m., <laughs> Yeah, and I felt tired all day. Like I just yeah. laid around and drank water all. Oh, day. Oh, dude, yeah. Sunday for me was just. I was dead. I was just dead, and like also needed to start on the blob. Because <laughs> yeah, same. It was like this. This is. I don't think this is getting short shrift, but this is one of the few times that I've only watched a movie twice. Oh my god, only twice. Though I did watch it recently, like a few months ago. So. I I, I I feel prepared, but I feel a little less prepared than Ooh, normal. Ooh, look out, mm-hmm. man. Look out. Did you have time to watch anything good this week? No, I didn't watch. Oh, I mean. Yeah, you watched some things. I don't <laughs> I know if they're good, things. but. I watched Hellraiser Deader. Um, <laughs> Is Deader better? Um, okay. So it's actually connected to the Hellraiser like lore. Wow. In a way that the two before it really weren't. But it's also, I mean, it also was just a spec script that they turned into a Hellraiser. This movie. is like part twenty-seven, right? Yeah, it's it's part seven out of out of the ten. So I have three left, dude. Like they were just sitting around in that boardroom, being like, "It's a new Hellraiser movie." Uh, we've had fucking Hell on Earth. We've sure. had uh, Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, we're kind of running out of names. I don't know. Dead is scary. Eh, is it? Uh, what about Deader? Deader than I guess that's scarier than dead. Deader than dead. Oh, so like double dead? What would that mean? Super sloppy double dead. I don't know. It's provocative. It'll get just who gives a shit. (laughs) Just get the movie out. Get to work on the poster. Yeah, piece of shit looking fucking poster. Oh my god, the poster looks so bad. Anyway, it's not good. Um, Also though, uh, ice cream Sunday. The the day after. Uh, all the festivities that ended on the meetup. They didn't have enough of you. They didn't. Ha- no, I, I and I didn't have enough of them. So we, we had ice cream. I Sunday. just can't get enough. <laughs> I just can't get enough. I, I think, like to listen to that song and think he's saying, "I just can't get it up." I just, I just can't, can't get, get it up. up. <laughs> when I get a boner, it doesn't stick around, and I just can't get it up. I just can't get it up. It's more fun that way. It really is. That was fun. Um, we actually, that was, it, it was our largest turnout for an ice cream Sunday. Golly, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I popped in at the, like literally at the very end. Yeah, I had left. Uh, I came back I and say, I, I think saw, you're already gone. Yeah. Cause Emily needed me to proofread a paper. Um, yeah, I came back and I saw all the comments and I was like, fuck, I miss Ben. But yeah, um, it was fun. I mean, we watched the haunting from 1999. I need to watch that. It's been a long fucking time. It's bad, but like I've seen it so many times that I I just find it kind of charming. I mean, dude, there's a lot it's to Halloween joke time. about. I'm watching it. Oh yeah, for sure. The CGI is terrible. Real bad. I remember mm-hmm. those little like the carved wooden faces. Yeah, they of look those so kids. bad. It looks really fucking terrible. Uh-huh. And the the ghosts and the curtains and sheets. They uh the CG is so bad, but. <laughs> Um, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones is gorgeous. She doesn't look bad, yeah, yeah. not at all. Yep, yeah. it, it's it's bad, but it, it's fine. I mean, it was a fun time for sure. There's a lot to make fun of. Uh, beyond that, I haven't, I seriously haven't watched anything except AEW. So AEW, yep, AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ain't been no time. No, there hasn't. You got time to crack up a cold beer Fuck with me? Yes, though? I do. I really just want to crack into this thing because this is the first. Of so fucking many beers. Yes. This from is from our man Don here that uh-huh. we're gonna be consuming over the next 
I think we at least have to do the show for like nine more years because we to have to get up. through no, Don's yeah, beer sure. stock, man. <laughs> the amount of beer that Don provided, as I said in the meetup thing, was stunning. Absolutely ridiculous. And we're kicking it off with this guy. I remember him talking about this and saying that it's great. What do we got here, Steve? It's a DeClaw Brewery Duclaw. from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, the Pastriarchy, it's called. It's an oatmeal cream pie imperial honey wheat ale. An imperial honey wheat ale brewed with brown sugar, molasses, cinnamon, clove, ginger, and vanilla bean. So it's going for that kind of Little Debbie action in a drink. Dude. Sign me up. Yes. I, um, as a kid, of course, the oatmeal cream pie was like, eh, whatever. As um, a teenager, I, I gained the appreciation for the oatmeal texture and stuff. Yeah? So as a teenager, I really liked an oatmeal cream pie. Now, as an adult... With an adult palate, I know it tastes sickly sweet and gross, but I'd like a real good version of an oatmeal cream pie. Right, like something that's not like preservative yeah. laden, yeah. or maybe something that's just a drink and it has alcohol. Yeah, so in let's it. find out if this uh, scratches that itch. It's an eight percenter, so it's a pretty Whoa. big old boy. I've not really had a lot of imperial wheat ales. I can't think of a time I have, but it looks awesome in the glass. I'll tell you this: it smells like beer. But you also get some, like, cinnamon and stuff in there. Maybe a little bit of that oh, yeah. oatmeal kind of aroma to it. It does have an oatmeal cream pie kind of it smell. It kind of does, man. But All definitely right. unmistakably beer. Ken Pie. Here we go. Get a pull of that thing, see what it does to you. I'm going to journey in after you. What's that do? Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's got, like, all those spices it said in it. And I oh. taste the, the, like, honeyness to it. That's nice. The weird thing is, is, like... Because of the clove and cinnamon in there, yeah. mm-hmm. my head wants this to be an October pumpkin beer. That's what I was thinking. When it hit the, the, the palate immediately, it has like an October pumpkin type of thing, but it's... It's not pumpkin-y. Yeah. But and let's be honest. Pumpkin beers don't taste like pumpkin because that would yeah. be a squash-flavored beer. Exactly. And who wants that? Pumpkin spice. They taste like pumpkin spice. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of has a little bit of that going for it, which is very okay with me it's because, good. dude, I'm it's, getting in that Halloween-y spirit, me man. Me too. Me too. It's honestly not that sweet. It's not. Which is, I mean, not to its detriment as a beer, but do- definitely means it doesn't taste like an oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> right. Which, I, again, I'm glad for. I'm glad yeah, it's not as sweet I as I was too, thinking cause it Because if, if it was overly sweet, because the the balance of the, the like, cloves and stuff Ooh. and the ginger... It's That's nice, so good, man. man. Damn. Thanks, Don, for the first Dude, of many real. more times we got to be saying that. Thanks, Don, a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People years from now are going to be like, who's Don? I think they <laughs> I, just made it up. I think that's like their catchphrase or something. Yeah. Thanks, Don. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way that one person provided that much beer. It's true. <laughs> it's true. He, he did. did. Yeah. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. Dude, I've not had time to watch much anything. That day that we were um, just chilling on the couch Sunday, just mm-hmm. relaxing and recovering yeah. and trying to consume enough water to replenish my hydration. <laughs> yes, that's something I've been working on God, for a couple damn. days now. I still don't know if I'm caught up, man. Well, I, I worked out yesterday and today, uh, so I, like, I, I feel like I've caught up, okay. but I don't know. My, my tongue, before we took a drink of this, my tongue was dry as hell, so... Feeling dry as hell. Yeah, might need an IV. Yeah, could be. Get you a little saline drip going <laughs> on or something, man. But while we were chilling out on the couch, mm-hmm. we did watch a couple of things. We started off with just a good, fun weekend movie that I had never seen before. 
And I absolutely fucking adored. Okay. I'm talking about Matilda. Oh, yeah? I had never fucking seen that movie with Danny DeVito and and Rita Perlman and shit in it. Yeah. Never seen it. I'd heard tell of it. I knew a little bit about it. But, dude, it was a goddamn delight. Well, Ben. It's a treasure. I, I'm. You stopped me from telling you this because I started to tell you this before in the production meeting, but it, it makes more sense to tell you on the podcast. Tell me now. I don't know if you know this, but I think a lot a lot of people probably already know this, but the Danny DeVito. The Danny DeVito. The Danny DeVito. He directed that. All four feet of him. Uh-huh. <laughs> he directed that movie. And Mara Wilson, who plays Matilda, yeah. her mother was uh, dying of cancer while oh, they were filming that movie. Me. And Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman became like surrogate parents for her and like took Aww. care of her and were like super sweet to her and I stuff. I hope they were a lot nicer to her in real life than they were in the movie. Yes, obviously. But <laughs> 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 then they weren't. Dude. <laughs> what they, they were like, we got to stay in character, but we want to help this girl. This what do we the, do? <laughs> this is the only way this girl has ever known is it'll confuse her if we start acting <laughs> sweet and kind to her. Yeah. Dude, uh, really? Yeah, and That's also so Mara Wilson, who played Matilda, is awesome on Twitter, so check yeah, her out. She yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. She's a blast, man. Yeah. That's so fucking sweet, man. Yeah, yeah. go check out the full story. I didn't tell it in any way. Uh, I, I mean, she's told it on Twitter and in interviews and stuff, but Word. they're awesome. I mean, we already knew Danny DeVito was awesome. Of course And Rhea is. Perlman's awesome. Like, of they're, course they're she great. is. It is yeah. known. Yeah. So, I loved the movie. Yeah, I thought that it was I haven't so seen fun. It in a long time. And it's you know it's based on a uh, rolled uh, rolled doll. Rolled doll. I always doll. think I'm saying that name wrong. Rolled doll. I've never said rolled doll and been like nailed it. Yeah. I'm always second guessing. I'm like, did I? Is that right? Rolled doll. Rolled doll. Rolled doll. Roll tied. Oh, he must did have I been. Say it right? Yeah, he was an Alabama Alabama fan. man. <laughs> That's right. Alabama man. Alabama man. <laughs> Who was Alabama man from? Uh, it was a South Park commercial. South Park like commercial. A commercial yep. During South Park episode. Which it was, was like live action. Yeah, it was too. weird. Yeah. Alabama man. I forgot about uh-huh. that shit. But yeah, really fucking delightful movie. Loved it. Again, like a, a, a dark children's tale, like you would expect Roald Dahl yeah. to make. Yeah. Really fucking loved it. After that, we put on motherfucking Bill and Ted. Fuck. And okay. their excellent adventure. That's awesome. It's still. I a feel treat. like those movies came out around the same time. I think they did. Yeah, because yeah. so you had a very '90s Sunday. Very much so, uh-huh. man. My favorite kind of Sunday. Yeah. Bill and Ted still a fucking delightful, stupid, yeah. fun movie that actually deals with time travel in some like surprisingly intelligent ways. Yes. In terms of some of the entanglement and shit like that, like it's these two morons, but at the same time they're kind of making logical leaps through time travel of like. Oh, we need this thing. Let's just decide that we went back in time and did it. Yeah. Behind, where would you put it? Behind this sign. Here's the keys. We put them there. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like stuff that would work, I guess, if you could time travel. You know, it never hit me until recently. Uh, like, I finally just made the correlation between Bill and Ted stepping into a phone booth to time travel and the doctor stepping into a police box. For the Doctor Who's it. Yeah, so I huh. wonder if... Because, like, I mean, maybe we should do Bill and Ted just so I can find out. But I wonder if, like, the writer of Bill and Ted was, like, a, a Doctor American Who fan. Doctor Who, yeah. And, yeah, and, like, if it were American, they'd be, like, the opposite <laughs> of Doctor yeah. Who in some ways. But also, like, things would always work out for them. <laughs> yeah, he's like, if it was American, they'd step into a phone booth. 
They'd be idiots. Yeah. And they would have guns. Yeah. But also everything somehow just works out perfectly. <laughs> let's yeah. lose the guns, but let's keep them stupid as shit. Yes. <laughs> Movie is still super fucking fun. I haven't seen that third one yet. I haven't either. Face the music. I need, you know what? I, I need to watch it. I'm probably going to go home, watch Bill and Ted, watch Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey, and then yeah. check that one out. Because I haven't dude, seen them in a while. I think I will do the same thing yeah. because uh, Excellent Adventure was still really fun. Points deducted for typical late 80s homophobic slur yeah, being thrown around. obviously. You know, it's just one of those things where it's just like, ah, oh, okay. Well, yeah. But then it's just past it, and the rest of the movie is really good. Yeah, for so, sure. Fun time with that. We also started watching the American Horror Story 1984. Oh, boy. This is something that, it. like, usually Kate does whenever we reach the, the Halloween season, which, of uh -huh. course, starts mid-August. Yes. And, um... She usually starts one of those series, and I'm typically like not interested or just too busy or something like uh -huh. that. But she's like, if you want me to wait on you to watch this, I will, because it's like a camp slasher thing, and that's kind of my thing. So yeah, I'm like, yeah I'll, I'll watch a couple episodes and see if I'm interested in yeah. it. We're like two episodes in, and it's fucking fun. I love it. It's not yeah. serious and scary, no. nor should it be. No, it's so silly. Dude, just... I love the way it plays out. The final episode, I think, is dragged out, but that's a Ryan Murphy special, like right. <laughs> but, dude, I yeah, I just love it. There, I I think I've said this before. Uh, I, never mind, never mind. I'm gonna cut it out. Push it down. Yeah, I'm gonna push it down. I don't want to ruin anything for you, but there's just a point where the most absurd confluence of events occurs and it's just like okay. perfect for a slasher killer man yeah. well i'm enjoying it like i typically don't really like that series like pretty much every season I'm, of that like i'm a fool for it i understand when people say I they don't love back it to it yeah you know? i love it it like it can be as poorly acted or poorly written i don't know why every single like i love american horror stories the anthology mm -hmm. and like some of those seriously are just like Oh, this is so campy and silly, like, so, like, not even fully thought out, but it's just, like, everything about it is still fun to me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, at the at the end of the day, you're watching a stupid-ass horror series on TV yeah. that they're actually pushing a bunch of money into and taking seriously yeah. and putting out a lot of them for people to watch. Like, I can't help but get behind that. Yeah, and, like, like, like American Horror Story Coven, like, some people didn't like that season. I love it, but... I did watch that one. Yeah, that was the great. witches and stuff. It's about stuff. witches, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this this episode where they're killing zombies was the fucking coolest shit. Yeah, like I feel like that's Ryan Murphy's like specialty is like if if you'll stick with him, you're gonna get to see some of the coolest shit. And Something like, cool is gonna happen. Yeah. Now, yeah, you're gonna get a lot of campy silliness, but like some of it's going to be fucking awesome. You can't deny yeah. it, right? Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like I have a completely irrational adoration for um, Emma Roberts. Yeah, me too. That I think just stems back to Black Coat's daughter. Yep. I think uh, same with her and uh, what's her name? Fucking Sabrina that's in that as well. Kira oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kieran, uh, uh, Kieran and Shipka. Shipka. Uh -huh. Almost yeah. said Sedgwick. Yeah, Kieran Shipka. Yeah. Like, I love both of those chicks yeah, just because of fucking Black Coat's daughter. Absolutely. I yeah, Emma Roberts, um, especially yeah, in Coven, especially I think she's great. Like, yeah, she is. Yeah, like it, they he he's got a great core group of people he works with, and then brings in other new people and stuff. Like I I, I like that stuff. I get when people don't like it. Totally, I, I won't even try to defend it. It can be as trashy as it wants for me. Bring it. Yeah, give it to me, man. Yeah, I totally get that, man. Well, you know, Steve. We're talking about the blob today. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the blob from 1988. That's true. 
And I think one of the most fun things about doing this podcast is not only what we learn about these movies as we watch them and pick them apart, but also what we learn about ourselves. Ooh. Because I think for you and me both, uh huh. whenever we watch this movie, we learn something about ourselves that we share. Mm-hmm. Because I remember while I was watching the movie, I sent you a text message, and I was like, hey, there's this, uh, there's this bum in the woods that just showed up here. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think about him? And I was like, I think he's kind of hot. <laughs> and you text me back, and you're like, dude, you serious? And I was like, yeah. Is that okay? And you said, I was thinking the same thing. Right. And that's when we discovered that you and I are mainly just attracted to vagrants, vagabonds, rail riders. <laughs> We're just a couple of hobosexuals. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. You know, we just can't help it. Uh-huh. It's just the way we are, and I ain't, I ain't ashamed about it. No. In the least. Okay. So I say as we get here into the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Classic. Ooh, classic, huh? Yeah, Emily said that she missed the old the classic voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. I say that we embrace our personalities as hobosexuals. Uh-huh. And we play a little round of hobo or nobo. <laughs> and I wanna, I wanna talk about <laughs> some of So by the way, like I just completely have sprung this on Steve. Yeah, I, was like, I, I don't know what he's talking no. about, but I'm so excited <laughs> for this. I was like, hey, I got the preview palace. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's awesome. Turns out, should have been worried about it. No, no. <laughs> Sounds awesome already. We're going to play a little round of hobo or mm-hmm. nobo mm-hmm. and talk about <laughs> some of cinema's hottest hobos. Man, I, I, there's one man that I think of right okay. off the bat. So, but I, I'm going to say, I want you to toss them in as they come to you as okay. well. I've got my own list, but if there's some that, that hit your brain here uh-huh. that are seared back in your... Okay. And your hobo uh, uh, riding the rail spank bank or something uh-huh. like that. Maybe you just let them out. Okay. All right. So, first thing we got to talk about. You know, this is honestly maybe the best preview palace since last week's preview palace on Hellraiser 3. Oh, yeah. The, the 90 Cenobites. <laughs> Those are awesome. It really got me thinking about, man, that hobo uh-huh. in that first Hellraiser movie... Oh, yeah. Man, that guy, he's dark and mysterious. And then he turns into a a winged demon. He turns into a wang demon. Uh Uh-huh. And also, too, he's fucking keto, just eating those handfuls (laughs) of grasshoppers and stuff. You know underneath that shabby overcoat, he's He's chiseled. Fuck yeah. He's probably got washboard abs. Listen. Not that you're going to be able to see him long, because before long, he's off to some other place to give some other guy that fucking lament configuration, isn't he? Listen, I mean, that's kind of hot, right? That's what I'm saying, I man. I mean, he listen, gets around. All right. You know he's a winged demon, but he's also got some washboard abs. You know he's not going to be there in the morning. Uh-uh. Here Whatever. for a good time. And then he's Hobo, out. Hobo, I say. Dude, I'm all in. <laughs> I think that guy is a fucking stud. Didn't we also make a joke on the original Hellraiser episode about Wayne Damon? Sounds like some kind of like Probably. shitty weed dealer. Probably. Wayne Damon. Wayne Damon. I think we did talk about that. Okay, yeah, I know that my brother's weed dealer when he was a teenager was Wayne. Yeah, okay, Wayne Damon. Wayne Damon. Sounds about Mm -hmm. right, man. All right, let me ask you about this. Uh Uh-huh. In terms of fucking 
steamy hot hobos. Okay. <laughs> Can't say it without laughing. In terms of steamy hot hobos, uh-huh. everybody likes a bad boy. Okay. That's a fact. Right. What do you know about a, a, a hobo that's such a bad boy? He carries a switchy. He carries a flick knife on Uh-oh. Him. Who's He's this? He's so bad that he'll even fucking kidnap a child. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. He'll eat some beans out of a can by a okay. fireside over a flaming barrel. All right. And he'll also be known as Switchblade Sam from Dennis the Menace. Switchblade Sam from Dennis the Menace. What do you know about him? What do you know about that fucking steaming piece like of man? I feel like his unnatural um, predilection towards Dennis. Yeah. Might make him a menace, so I'm going to say no, no. That's a no-bo for mm-hmm. you, huh? Nopo, sorry. I get it, man. I get it. But I don't think he was going to do anything to Dennis. He was just using him as a hostage, man. He was going to get that money. He was going to get that cheddar so he could get his drip on. Listen, I get it. It all starts out innocently. You kidnap a child, you might stab it to death. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, things go sideways. Now you actually have to chop up a child's body. It's like, I just don't. These things do happen. You know, and then this guy's sitting next to you in bed, and he's like, hey, you know, I murdered a kid. And it's like, what the you're killing the vibe, bro. That's true, man. Yeah, that's so, true. Nobo. Okay, so Nobo for you on that one. Maybe you want a more kind and gentle and friendly vagabond. Okay. One that wanders through the woods with his uh, really cute old pet dog and stuff there. Maybe comes across a big old circus tent that's landed in the middle of the woods. Oh, man. I'm talking about that old bum from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Now, we don't... I don't... I oh, wait, don't, does he have a house? I think he has a... He has like, does he you sit know on a porch in there? I think I he's know. sitting on a porch. It might not have been his porch. Oh no, could have been somebody else's porch. Well, he's a bad boy then. Ooh, he's a bad guy. All right, so he's a squatter, man. He can squat wherever he wants. Yeah, he's got a dog, so you know, like I love dogs. Me too. It's a good start, right? Yeah. So you're saying hobo to him? I'm huh? saying hobo to him. Ooh, baby, man. <laughs> I get that. I think we're kind of narrowing down our types. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bad boys. Bad boys. But not the type who would kill a child. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you this, man. I already know that somebody is already leaving us a bad review because they are a hobophobic piece of shit. (laughs) I know somebody is. You got to watch out for those hobophobes. Hobophobe. Now, <laughs> honestly, in reality, there are hobophobes. People very much afraid of. Oh, yeah. People that run like every local government. Yes. Yeah. And the, the police. They are hobophobic. Yes. Yeah. And rich people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Now, we like ourselves a bad boy. Yeah. Right? Obviously. We've, Again. We've been saying it. Clearly. Uh-huh. Some guy who's here today, gone tomorrow, he rides the rails. Maybe he hasn't had a shower in a while. Ooh, he's got a little ecosystem. A little yeah, underneath mm-hmm. that, that overcoat, underneath that shabby overcoat. Where do they get them overcoats from, anyway? Oh, I mean, you just pick up shit as you go, and then you yeah. have, I mean, like... Overcoat's a handy item. You can use it as storage, yeah, it's coverage. Yeah. You probably yeah. make a makeshift tent out of it, too. little love shack. Huh? Man, hot. I do like. Oh, I cannot imagine being homeless. It would suck so bad. It would suck very Let's badly. Let's fix that. Let's fucking work on fixing yep. that. But what do you know about a boy who's so bad? Ooh, he's dirty. I'm telling you, this next one on our list here, he's fucking filthy. Okay. In fact, he's covered in mud. Uh huh. And sometimes hangs out by the dumpsters behind a diner. 
in a David Lynch movie called Mulholland Drive. I'm talking oh. about the Mud Man. Oh, Ooh. boy. Um, He's hot, sticky, and just covered in mud. I feel like I don't want to have sex with anybody in a David Lynch movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what? Yeah. For your health and sanity, it's probably a good call when you put yeah. it that way. Yeah, I, I can't. Anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. No. Naomi it does Watts. not matter. None of them. <laughs> they, it is going to end up weird. It's going to end up yeah. dreamy. Yeah, they're suddenly, going uh, I'm going to be having sex with them. They're going to turn into my father or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what usually happens. <laughs> so you're saying no bow to the no mud bow. man. No bow. That's to not your kind of hobo uh-huh. right there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Who is your kind of hobo? You said you had one come I, to mind. Well, I mean, the first one that comes to mind to me is Buck Flower in so many movies. In so many movies. Yeah. He is America's hobo. Yeah. Like he, he, he's the man. He's the guy you go to. Back to the Future. Yep. You got They Live. Oh, man. I mean, They Live. Technically, Rowdy Roddy Piper is living is. in that homeless encampment. Oh, man. And yeah, absolutely no, That's a would. hobo hunk Hell right yeah. there, man. That's a hunk bow there. Yeah, that guy knows how to ride a rail. <laughs> I tell you this. And he can he can do it anytime he please. Fucking shit, yeah. Start eating that trash can. <laughs> Tell you Keith that. David, I guess, lives there too, right? Oh my god! So fuck dude. yes, hobo hunks just yeah, everywhere. they live just full of them. Um, Damn, it is. And I guess also uh, Tom Jane in Arrested Development uh, was living on the streets to prepare for a role playing a homeless dad. Really? In, in the in the show? Oh, okay, okay, yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Tom Jane, the oh. hobo. Yeah, hobo, uh-huh. I say. <laughs> You're damn right, man. Okay, I've just got a couple more that we got to talk mm-hmm. about right here. What do you think about our blob bum? Hey, man, he, listen, he seems smart. He He's cares got a about sense the, of humor. He cares about the environment. He cares he about recycles, the environment. Crushing them cans. Resourceful, too. Yeah, using a, using a, uh, all right, now here was my problem okay. with his plan. Tell me about it. Uh, so he's got the iron, the, the, the skillet on mm-hmm. the bottom of his Old boot to, like, iron. really crush them. Good move. Why is he not doing several at a time? And also, why is he putting them up on a stump? Just put them on the ground. I mean, you got to have some time to kill. That's why you do them one at oh, a time. Oh, that's it. He Make just... a night of it. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe, it'll be over too soon. Maybe that's like his exercise. Like, that was leg day. Oh, I'll tell you what that is. That's just foreplay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, I listen. Okay, you know he's probably... I mean... Lifting up that iron skillet several hundred times, like I bet he's got some abs and some legs. I bet, yeah, I bet he's got the those fucking lower abs like D'Angelo. Yeah, he's got the fucking cum gutters. You remember? Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that took me by surprise. But yes, I bet that he does. Yeah. Remember that fucking D'Angelo video? The camera mm-hmm. just kept panning further and further away, and it's like I'm gonna see his dick at some point yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Nope, just more abs. Damn, Turns D'Angelo. Out, more abs. More abs. Uh-huh. Jeez, man. He's got all sorts of them. And lots of soul. It's yeah, a bad motherfucker. That's a good song, man. D'Angelo, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this bum in the blob, this blur berm. Blur berm. I'm going to say hobo to him. Hobo. Woo. Yeah. All right, I got one more for you. Okay. Now, it might be a stretch to say that this person is a hobo. Okay. Because they do technically have a home. <laughs> right. But they take it with them everywhere they go. Nearly like a snail, one could say. Okay. Because this person roams around a total vagabond with no place to call their own. Okay. Quick PS that just brought this to mind. Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. 
the original lyrics in the chorus were like a hobo i was born to walk alone seriously seriously they changed it to drifter in the studio dave covered that it. that is better hobo. that is better drifter sounds better yeah yeah like a hobo a hobo yeah it that doesn't does, really hit doesn't hit no yeah but that was the original lyrics Huh. So anyway, like a drifter, this person was born to walk alone okay. and travel all over the world, <sighs> sucking some steam off some unwilling participants. Sucking on to the dog. Sucking on some steamy dog <laughs> from a kid I just murdered. <laughs> I'm talking about Rose the Hat uh-huh. from Dr. Sleep. Okay, then y- yes. I mean, like, okay, I, 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 I had a staunch, like, put my foot down for uh murdering children but rose the hat can get it just kill any kid you do do whatever you want baby girl you know (laughs) right yes yeah 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 who's gonna Mm -hmm. say no bow to rose the hat no one no one nobody yes yeah (laughs) yeah i'm with it ma'am good we've narrowed it down we figured it out we're really on point here with which homeless characters <laughs> in movies we'd fuck <laughs> as hobosexuals well, that was I, I'm glad, I'm we glad did that. you surprised me with that I'm that, sure I'm glad that this happened and is documented forever mm-hmm. for people to listen to yeah this to. will definitely this this is gonna be the thing people will look back on and be like that they've done something cancelled <laughs> Honestly, yeah, we deserve it. But also, I want to know your all's Hollywood hobo yeah. hunks and foxes because it's always like I mean, it's an actor playing a homeless person, so yeah. they are attractive more than likely, typically, right? Yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, do you think that the the shovel man from Home Alone counts? And I was like, I don't know. I thought he lived like yeah, in he's, that yeah, he's got right? he's rich. Right, <laughs> like he lives in that neighborhood. I thought I could never figure out. We probably talked about that on the home. Alone I think episode. we did. All I think so. Four that hours like of forever it. ago. Yeah, we're drunk as hell. Uh-huh. My God, man! <laughs> Happy Christmas. We yep, said for sure. But you know that guy. I'm like, I think he's got a homestead. Yeah, he does. He, he just count. Yeah, he's just uh, out shoveling a lot. I guess out shoveling, man. Somebody's <laughs> got her. So yeah, let us know about your favorite Hollywood hobos. I think over does on the Facebook Dick page. Whitman count. Dick Whitman. Who's that? Uh, so I'm trying to remember, I've only watched Mad Men, Mad Men through once and I, I need to remedy that cause it's a great show, but I, you know, it's been a while. Been I, a while. I was, I was worried about spoiling this. Uh, so John Hamm's character yeah. has stolen someone's identity and life. Really? Mm-hmm. I watched enough of the show to where I was like, his past is mysterious. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't know. Okay, I I think he was homeless dude, before that. And John Ham. Oh my God, get it, dude. Speaking of ham, in his pants. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Glaze that ham. <laughs> For real. Yeah, John Ham is get just a down fucking to hunk. the porkin. <laughs> <laughs> down to the bone, even. <laughs> what a, we're just uh, objectifying his hobo Absolutely. He deserves it. He's hot. He's very what hot. What a hunk. Man. Yeah, he's what a good a looking dude. Hunk. And he's funny as hell. I don't know if you're oh ever, my God. like he's he, karate, karate, karate. Yeah. Super funny guy. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. So let us know about your favorite uh uh hobos over on the Facebook page, y'all. Yeah. Join into that discussion. Tell Facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely pod. <laughs> slash hot hobos. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Um so in compiling my list and trying to think of some, I, I Googled like uh famous bums in Hollywood. Oh. And definitely all of them are like just lists of men's asses. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. 
Yeah, it's like top 20 actors that went no pants in movies. And I was like, not what I was looking for. Wait, but was John Hamm on there? Has I'm he, sure that he, he was, that? man. <laughs> I'm sure. I'll send you the links later. Okay, good. Yeah, do some research. Research. Air quotes. Uh-huh. Research. <laughs> All right, Steve, we're here today uh-huh. to be talking about the blurb. Blurb. From 1988. And, dude, this is one that I was so excited to watch because yeah. I'd heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I I, I think, you know, in, it was maybe April or so that yeah. I watched it. Yeah, and you were like, and dude, you like, haven't watched that? Yeah, and I was like, we got to do it on the show. And it actually was the inspiration for Action August. Action, Action August. Boom. Um, it was the inspiration for Action August because I was thinking, like, Oh, like, what are some other action horror movies? And then when I started listening, I was like, oh, we've done a lot of them. Um, and that eventually evolved to us just doing action movies. But this movie, I, d- I don't know. Like, I watching it, I do not know how this was a box office bomb and how this is it. a movie that I don't hear people talking about all the time. Dude, it's one of those ones that, like, if you know it, you know it. And if you know it, you probably really, really like it. Yeah. Like, I had seen... um some scenes from this, just, you know, whenever I'd go on YouTube and type right. in, like, best 80s special effects, uh-huh. you'd see clips from this, and I'd be like, God damn, this movie looks awesome. wild. Yeah. But it was, like, never streaming anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was just like, I'll just wait and do it for the show. Like, there's right. a lot of movies like that are like that for me now where I'm just like, well, I'll just yeah. wait and watch it whenever we do it on the uh, on the podcast. But, uh, dude, it did not disappoint. Mm-mm. I thought the movie was fucking sick. When did you see this the first time? Uh, I, it would have been in April or whatever. I, I did not see this as a kid. Oh, so you I actually remember, didn't grow up with this one. No, I remember the poster. Yeah, and poster's badass. It's super badass, but it was just one of those, like... I mean, I've said it a million times. When we went and rented movies as kids, we were looking for the horror movies that had boobs. Yeah. And this one just didn't have that, like, oh, that's going to have boobs feel to it. It has an attempted boob that gets shut down, thank God. Thank, yes. Because it's not a, it's not <laughs> a good way to see a boob. It's in the <laughs> yeah. worst way to end up seeing a boob. It is. It's one of those scenes where you're like, oh, I hope this doesn't go. Yeah. And, and then, it, and like, and then go, it goes blob, exactly go. where it should go. And it's like, yeah, perfect. Okay. Uh, I looked to the skies and I said, thank Blob that man <laughs> thank was stopped. Blob. Praise it, Blob. But then at the same time, she was also destroyed. So yeah, she did get killed. Some victim yeah. shaming there. I mean, there was like some, you know, some attempted date rape that got shut down, but also some victim shaming of the blob. Yeah, I got some critiques about that blob's code of ethics. I'll tell you this: but cancel the blob. I say cancel that blob. <laughs> I mean, it does right sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It does. It sometimes, like for instance, uh, when it kills that kid. Man, yeah. <laughs> Who needs another kid? Wait, I've gone full circle on kid killing <laughs> yeah i was like that it. guy kills kids i'm not gonna fuck him I well think, she kills kids all right i was gonna say at the end of the day it's like well rose the hat best part so. of this killing the kid kill the kids i guess uh you know what actually i just now realized this would have been a real cheap easy thing to do in the 80s and they like no other 80s movie would have skipped this but to have the blob kill an animal early on. Huh. Yeah. They don't. That's true. It's really just it aimed at people. It does seem like the kind of thing that 
that would happen in one of these yeah, movies. Yeah, like a dog or a cat would just go missing even or something. A, even a cat in this goes without scaring anybody. Oh, man, example. I love that moment. Because it, it's it's the anti-cat scare. Because it like does the build-up like it's going to be a cat scare. Oh, then I'm skulking he, through here. There's some noises. What's yeah. going on? Then You're he hears for, the cat and just looks over and smiles instead of being scared. Because that's what you do if you hurt a cat. Yeah. You go, oh, a kitty. Yeah, it's a pretty kitty. I oh, want a kitty. Pet it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what usually yeah. happens. But yeah, I, I think that um, I I think like this movie has so much going for it uh, that I'm I'm assuming like one of the things I read is that they kind of dropped it in a time when there are way like a ton of other movies coming out that were big. Okay, so they kind of chose a bad time to drop it. Got lost in the fold. Like, Got lost yeah. in the fold. It's also a remake of a movie that wasn't necessarily that popular. Let's talk about that. Did yeah. you ever see the original? Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. No, I've I've heard it's very slow and it's just not really that interesting. I read the synopsis of it and stuff to to kind of get an idea of what this has that that has, but yeah. This really goes a different direction with things uh, See, in like, a lot of ways. My only knowledge of the original Blob is from that episode of Muppet Babies. Uh-huh. Yes. Remember the one I'm talking yep. about? Uh-huh. Dude, like I watched that when I was a kid in uh-huh. the fucking 80s. And they use like actual clips from the Blob mm-hmm. movie, as well as I think scenes from like Temple of Doom. Yep. And maybe I want to say Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I can't remember for sure, but but it was definitely Blob and yeah. and Temple of Doom. And I always remember that episode just felt like a fucking fever dream. Yes. I need to watch that again on YouTube. I bet it's somewhere out a there. A lot of Muppet Babies kind of felt like a fever dream. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? We had weird-ass cartoons. We had weird-ass fucking yeah. cartoons and stuff as kids, man. Yeah, so like my knowledge of the original Blob is just kind of limited to that, which is to say yeah. nothing. Yeah. I can, I mean, like, it, it's a, it was a B movie. Like, it wasn't just, it wasn't. It's not even considered a classic horror movie, really, like in, in the sort of classic canon of movies. Yeah. So to remake it 30 years later, kind of was just like, well, who's this exactly for? Yeah, yeah. But it's also like, when when the final product is this, I feel like if this, just somehow, if this had come out in 2008... Oh, yeah. The internet would have been all over it. Like, the first weekend maybe wouldn't have been huge, but people would have been like, you gotta go fucking see that. It's so awesome. It would have been a word-of-mouth movie, like Slither or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I I, I just feel like, yeah, because this came at a time where, like, you know, we had had The Fly, The Thing, like, some of the big remakes. Yeah, because, like, there was that remake sort of boom in the the early 80s that that petered off, like, in the late 80s, early 90s. And, and this is late 80s, so it's kind of in the peter-off period. People are probably thinking, like, I don't want to see another remake. You, you know, they can't I've all be good. It. They can't yeah. all be good. Yeah. So, I, you know, there are a lot of reasons why maybe this was a box office bomb, but it is not the movie itself. Uh, no. <laughs> this is fucking awesome, it's man. It's fucking awesome. It is so above and beyond better than, than what I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's really sick, and it helps too that you know you have a pretty competent writer at the helm yes. here. Okay, so all right, let me get, let me give you a little history here, and uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I have not done Frank Darabont enough justice because when I looked through, you know, his IMDb again, I was yep. like, oh fuck, 
we've covered almost all of his movies. No shit. Yeah. Really? We've done Dream Warriors, which he co-wrote uh, with Chuck Russell, who yeah. directed Dream yep, Warriors. Yep, yep, yep. We've done Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I didn't realize he also wrote that, but yep. yes, yeah. We've done The Mist. Yep. Uh-huh. And now we're doing this. The only thing we have left is The Fly 2, which uh, Anna told me, Anna Martin, who I've talked about uh, recently, she was at the, the meetup thingy, and blah, 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 blah. Um, she told me The Fly 2 is, is actually really good, and you I need to check it, it out. Yeah. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so... Oh. I need to rewatch that. I didn't realize Frank Darabont wrote it. Makes me think it probably is better than I remember. Yeah. Uh, Frank Darabont basically he and he and Chuck Russell met making Hell Knight in 1981. They were both. Uh, I've heard of that, but never seen it. I haven't seen it either. Uh, but Russell Chuck Russell was working as a, a producer, and uh, Frank Darabont was working working as a production assistant. They kind of struck up a friendship, and. At a certain point, they pitched the Blob remake to, um, uh, fuck, uh, the the pe- New Line. Those the people. people. Yes, mm-hmm. New Line. So the House Freddy built. House Freddy built. So they pitched this to New Line. New Line was like, eh, we're not really interested, but we like you. Want to make the next Nightmare on Elm Street? Huh. So they wrote and Chuck Russell directed Dream Warriors. Damn, but kind of, the, of noteworthy. Probably like uh, a lot of anybody, people's favorite. Freddy, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say on any ranking you're gonna see, it's gonna be up there. It's in the top three, and, for like, sure. I mean, unless it's somebody who's just like a weird contrarian person who's mm-hmm. like, actually, I like part seven. That's the best. And I'm also only attracted to people that have homes. <laughs> they you say, "Fuck you, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> what? what a weird thing for them to be but also fuck them this is a new side character on the show oh i gotcha okay so <laughs> they they pitched that they did dream warriors which obviously did fucking did extremely right. well yeah. yeah and so that kind of led to then their blob pitch getting picked up and they you know <laughs> darbont started out uh like in his own filmmaking career by making an adaptation of Stephen King's uh, short story, The Woman in the Room. Okay. Which isn't exactly a horror short story, but Stephen King has this thing where he, he will sell the rights to his movies to young filmmakers, uh, the rights to like his short stories and stuff to young filmmakers to make as like, short films or whatever and then to use the money to buy blow no he sells it for like a dollar oh yeah so like darbont had bought the the rights to the woman in the room for like a buck and then he made this and that started his relationship with stephen king Hmm. that you know he he also as we said we wrote the mist but he also wrote shawshank redemption and the green mile the funny thing about that is, is like I I picked up on some elements of this, especially with like the the priest and stuff. We'll talk about later. Yeah. that felt very kingy to me. Yes, so this definitely brings in elements of the stand. I was gonna say it's like yeah. very standy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So his his connection with Stephen King has has always been sort of an influence cool. on his stuff. So yeah, it, it it definitely comes out in this. Like uh, some people have pointed out that like. Brian Flag, Flag is the last name, right. like the villain in the stand. Randall then, Flag. Uh, the the use of of Penny as last name is su- 
some people think a connection to Pennywise. Okay, like, just some like little homages in there. Little homages, but also taking parts of the stand and throwing it in here. So like, um, the the Chuck Russell Frank Darabont team is this like super great team. We really like seeing what what they've done. So like this this movie has their influence throughout and that that means you get this like super tight script where everything that happens matters like it it all it, it, it all pays off in some way it's a very tight script man yeah. like honestly you can look at this and be like yeah it's a really simple super easy Absolutely. story yeah. which it is it's, it's a tight hour and a half yep. and stuff like that but at the same time there's so many like callbacks and stuff, yes. the things that you thought were kind of insignificant earlier in the movie that right. turn out to be like, oh, actually, that's a big plot point. Like, yeah, the the attempted jump of the bridge, yeah, where the 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 bike uh, apparently the transmission's fucked up or something, mm-hmm. like that comes back. He's gonna need to do that later, and but he if, has to go to that garage. He has to go to that r- garage because the transmission's fucked up. Uh-huh. So now when he goes to the garage, we see. The snow machines. Yeah. Which seemed like just a little side, like whatever. This what guy does that keeps matter? beer in them or whatever. Yeah. Like, I remember for like 90% of the movie, I was like, so why did we spend time with him at that garage? Right. Like, does that matter? Is but that it, relevant? It, it is relevant in the fixing the bike bit. So it's not like entirely, like, you feel like it's not entirely irrelevant, but it's like, well, why? Like, what did, what are we getting from that scene? And then it comes back again in the end, like. Yeah, I feel like each scene does that, where yeah. even if you have to wait a little bit, it's all going to come back. Like Same even, with like the kid's zipper on his jacket. Yes. They yeah. spend like so much time being like, oh, you got to take your jacket. It's going to be a cold night. Right. Oh, the zipper's stuck. And you're like, this scene is too long. Uh-huh. That comes back. Yep. <laughs> There's like not really anything wasted. It's like every yeah. little scrap in this turns out to kind of matter. Yeah, they just did this perfectly good job of not only like writing a tight script, but then like the way it's shot. Like it it feels like an action movie throughout. Uh-huh. I, I mean, you know, it, it's got its horror movie moments like the theater scene maybe or stuff like that, but it it really feels more like an action movie of this uh town coming together to fight off both a government conspiracy and the results of that conspiracy. Yeah, and right. Like, yeah, it, it's just like, there, there's nothing extraneous. And then the same with the special effects. Like, they're, like, sometimes really outrageous. Like, a, you know, the, the, the homeless guy is, like, uh, basically melted in half. Oh, my God. Also, so yeah, we just talked about best melts recently. I know, This one's right? got a few of them. Oh, man. Like, yeah. this whole movie is, like, one of the absolute best melt movies. Right. But, like... The, the blob itself is more like an inside-out stomach. Yes. So, like, everything... everything. Everything, like, organic that it touches kind of gets digested. Yeah. Oh, my God. And brutally so. Brutally so. Yeah, like, Paul... Dude, Oh <laughs> the man. Paul death is brutal. Like holy shit. So okay, Paul. Uh, all right. Um, big influence other than Stephen King on Frank Darabont is Hitchcock. Okay. And so makes sense now that you, I think about it. Yeah, you see it in this where y- Paul is obviously one of our protagonists. Clearly. Right. Clearly, he's the he's the athletic jock, funny guy, but yeah. with his little faults and stuff. Like he can't work up the guts to ask out that chick, and right, he gets tackled and like asks her out while he's on the ground and stuff. Like he's supposed to be our 
lovable do-gooder guy. And his death is basically the end of the first act. Holy shit. Yeah. It's, and at that point, I was like... It's psycho. Oh, I mean, sh- yeah, it yeah. is kind of like that. And at that point, I was like, oh, shit, like... Nobody's safe in this movie. And that that is true throughout because Just you keeps going. You expect the sheriff and um and Fran, the the waitress at the yeah, local diner, the diner. You expect that it's gonna be There's shot- that cute little setup with them where like she leaves him the note on the yeah. ticket, like pick me up at eleven or whatever. You're like yeah. Oh, these are lovable, cool characters. They're gonna last. Because Woo. the movie keeps delivering on everything, yeah. these surprises work better. They work better. Because the movie keeps delivering on everything. You expect it's going to deliver on that. And the delivery on that is they die way earlier than you would ever expect them to. And you know what? That makes it so much more effective than, like, let's say in, um, like, Friday the 13th Part 5, where it's just like, hey, a new character, five minutes later they're dead. Dead. Hey, a new character, five Five minutes minutes later they're dead. dead. Yeah. It's just like a formula where it's like, well, somebody's got to die. It's been 10 minutes in a movie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like in this, it really does pull the rug out from under you because you're like, oh, these seem like sweet people. Oh, God, they're dead. Yeah. And and the sheriff dies off screen. You don't even see his death. You just see his like melting body inside the blob. shit, And then that telephone booth scene, which is just... Dude, like I mean, they they I think it was like a three foot tall phone booth with like a, a model in a there or whatever. Or but it, yeah. it looked so like I was like, how the fuck did they do that? Like, I was know. she okay? I rewound it. I was yeah. like, how did they fucking do that? Yeah, there's so many parts in this movie where I just I had that movie magic happen yeah. where I was like, I don't know how they did yeah. that. It's how could awesome. they have possibly pull that off, dude? That phone booth scene. <laughs> yeah is fucking insane. It the is. way that she's in the booth and she's making the call and she's panicking and the blob is all around the booth and it's that transparent pink slime, this like yeah. cosmic goo. It's like this perfect like weird transparent magenta yeah. kind of color. And dude, you see the cop that you know like she's in love with and stuff. Like she at least is interested in this guy and his face is like smearing against it and his like eye is all fucking twitching and stuff like he's still kind of alive yeah and she's looking at it and then the way it explodes into the booth and she's like on the phone with the Jesus the police department like asking for him and they say he went down to the diner right before she then sees his body yeah. like again just perfect fucking delivery brutal. in the script <laughs> like i i just think this is seriously one of the tightest scripts that we've dealt Nothing with in, goes a movie to in a while. Yeah. Nothing goes to waste in this, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about the kills in this too, man, is like okay, if you watch like a if you watch like a Freddy movie, most of those crazy wacky dream deaths are so like unrelatable and unrealistic that yeah. you're just like, "Oh, that was crazy and gory." Yeah, and that's uh, kind of the point. Yeah. Right. Watching Jason decapitate somebody, you're like, you don't even think about how much it hurts because sure, they're decapitated. Silly. They're dead instantly. Yeah. The deaths in this movie look fucking brutal. They do. They look like, God, that must have hurt. Yeah. Uh, Paul's death specifically where he's just like Holy reaching fuck. out. And That's like, the thing. Yeah. It's not instant. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, whenever the, I mean, there's that hospital I mean, that's fucking Stone Cold Bret Hart in WrestleMania 13. Like right? him, like, with the blood on his hand, like, <laughs> reaching out. It's fucking, like, that, it's like, because you, you, you expect she's going to pull him out. Yeah. We think he's one of the protagonists. Yep. Surely and he's not going to die. And instead, she pulls his arm off. Off. 
Yeah. Just clean off, yeah. man. Holy fucking shit. It's awesome. And the thing about it is, too, man, is like the way that the blob assimilates people, melts them or whatever, yeah. is so excruciatingly painful. And that's set up by the fact that, yeah, we have our like our hobo guy, our hunky hobo, uh-huh. that discovers the blob and it attaches to his hand. And the next time we see him, it's like it's clear that he's in such agony that he's willing to axe his hand off. Yeah. He has a fucking axe, and he's like, I guess I'll just cut my hand off to get uh-huh. this thing off. Yeah. So it lets you know that this thing is, I assume, covered in some kind of acidic compound that's just it's obviously hurting. Him. Yeah. And, dude, even when he hacks out his arm and then the blob, like, scoops up. Yeah, immediately goes over the cut. Over the cut. Yeah. I mean, this guy is just in hysterical agony. They take him to the hospital... And then whenever, I guess it's Paul, goes to get a Coke or whatever, he, he lifts him. that sheet off yeah. of him. Yeah, his, like, his neck is pulsating and stuff. Yeah. Whenever he rips that sheet off and it's the half-melted like uh-huh. fucking bum guy, Jesus Christ, dude. The way it looks like his lower to- torso looks like if you've ever had like a pizza like overflow in the, in the oven and yeah. it lands on the on the elements and the cheese is all melted and burnt and shit. Right. That's what he looks like from yes, the fucking very lungs down. It's so brutal. And you're like, holy shit. Like, if this is where the movie is starting me, where the fuck am I going? How yeah. can it one-up this? And then it does. That death with Paul, man, whenever he's just, like, covered in the blob and it's kind of like yeah. pulling his face back. I don't know how they fucking did that. Well, um, part of it is is actually the actor in there basically being waterboarded <laughs> what um, so how yeah. did they do this uh they, they were pulling the the stuff over his face just a couple of the shots you see his actual face Whoa. um and then of course they have like you know after that like models and stuff and they're actually melting but what he, was the fucking shit they were pulling over him what the fuck I, was it i read about it. it's it's some like it depends on the scene but it's a different like gelatin or whatever kind of like the stuff yeah kind of yeah it's just like whatever they need it to do it's gonna be a little bit different so like when it's on it's on uh what's his name's hand like that that's like a a more solid like type of stuff but when it's ever whenever it's being more like amorphous amorphous yeah yeah, it's, it's a slightly different thing apparently like a lot like when it's more oozy the stuff it was made out of was like it's like super slippery Okay. Yeah, so that that caused some issues on set. But I read that one of the main ingredients was methyl sill, which yeah. is apparently also one of the main ingredients that makes like a McDonald's shake right. smooth. Yes, it's what keeps it from like fully freezing. Don't eat yeah. fast food. <laughs> or it's do. made it's of awesome. the blob. <laughs> it's made of the blob, Steve. I'm telling you. Just don't. It's made of delicious. I mean, God, I can't <laughs> help it, man. Can't help it. So yeah. We should talk about our two main people though okay. which is uh kevin dylan and shawnee smith kevin fucking dylan kevin who, fucking dylan who looks like the male version of the girl in halloween 3 like with that kind of upturned nose and yeah the dark curly hair like that could be her brother okay. as far as i'm concerned yeah no okay yes i didn't think about that but yes looks like that um i like okay so kevin dylan when he Dylan, <laughs> the son of a bitch. Kevin Dylan is is wearing these like extensions and stuff, and they've they've made him into this perfect kind of hunky boy. Yeah, he's 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 like the hunky boy outsider, but he's also not like your James Dean type of handsome guy. But he's not like 
he's not unattractive. It's just like he they kind of cast really well for the outsider guy. Yeah. Because most outsider guys I've known have always been James Dean, fucking hunks. Sure. I mean in movies, but in reality, that's not the case. No. Like, yeah. So he 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 straddles that line well. Yeah. Um and then Shawnee Smith does a perfect job of appearing to just be the the happy cheerleader girl with a good family. So like there's that good contrast between the two and like the way they set the way they set the characters and the town up is so perfect like it opens on all these shots of an empty town which kind of foreshadows what we're going to see in the future but the reason it's empty is because they're all at the football game. Yeah. And so the, then we get the football game so we're introduced to Paul and we're introduced to Meg but while they're doing their thing, it cuts over to Kevin Dillon, Brian Flagg, who's getting drunk and uh, trying to jump a bridge on his trying motorcycle. To do a jump. Uh, and so there's like this obvious, you know, we're 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 introduced to our protagonist in that she has this sort of dream life and he has this real hard life, and you know, we're shown that the sheriff is like and they lead separate lives. They're, they lead very yeah. separate lives. They're very different people also introduces us to some of the good editing and stuff there too where like the cheerleaders are cheering yeah but it's him like trying him to make the, the jump and stuff. yeah like there's some great ass editing exactly in this movie, yeah i loved it so but yeah it does introduce us to the fact that like he's living outside of what yeah. all these other normies are doing yeah and then yeah the sheriff kind of gives us the obviously he's been in trouble in the past type of thing because he's like you're turning 18 soon that no means real prison mm-hmm. etc so like we we get all of that without ever getting the full exposition lines of like you've you've done this and this and this in the past and now if you do anything you uh, you know it's yeah. like we just know from the fact that even inter- like I remember uh, in high school knowing kids who would like would got sent to juvie and stuff yeah. and they would say stuff like I didn't do anything and it, like. Back in the day, I was like, well, obviously you went to juvie. You must have done something. Now I realize, like, actually, no. Once Probably the not. cops turn their eye on you, they keep it on you, and they will find a reason why you're bad. Pretty and much. that's kind of exactly what we get about Brian, is that he's not a bad guy at all. Just had a rough life. Yeah. Uh, and then with Meg, like, she's had this kind of great life, but Meg is in reality... She's our protagonist. Like, she's the one who goes through the hero's journey of, like, having the, like, getting the call, rejecting the call, then coming back and and actually, like, saving everyone in the end. Sure. Yeah. Whereas Brian, Brian is also kind of on that journey, but a lot of what he does is, is very self-serving. Meg is always kind of working for the group. So she ends up being our major hero. And it that's kind of perfect because it's cute Shawnee Smith who just like, she is a badass, but she never becomes this like, she never becomes like a, the type of badass you don't believe. Like she was just a happy cheerleader a few hours ago. Yeah. She's so not she, here in Itley and Pirates of the Caribbean where it's just right. like, Oh, you swashbuckle now. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. She, she's just, she's just gone on this, this like quick journey that has changed her in some way, but not made her a radically different person. 
Right. So yeah, I, th- those are our two mains. And then I guess our other, which is like the B story, is uh, Reverend Meeker. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Who? So like, the B story is Reverend Meeker thinking that the Blob is some sort of uh, like trial from God or like the sent from God to initiate. Yeah. Like the final days. Again, this is totally a Stephen King character. Yes. Just like fire and 100%. brimstone. 100%. Big tent revival preacher yes. who sees this, what turns out to be government experiment gone wrong. And it's just like, it's a sign from the heavens. I should embrace it for the coming apocalypse and tribulations and blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. that's so fucking Stephen very, King. Very, very Stephen and King. And that guy that plays this dude. Okay, so like when he came on screen, I was just like, I've never seen this guy in my life. I don't right. know him. But then you watch him act and you're like, man, he's actually pretty fucking he's good. really fucking Like at good. the end yeah. of the movie when he's got like kind of the, the half Jim Jones glasses yeah. and shit. It's just like, damn, this guy's pretty awesome. Turns out... He's a certified fucking badass. Yeah, he's a big deal. Del Close. Um, Del Close. Yeah, if if you listen to any improv podcasts, uh, you know, uh, Comedy Bang Bang or uh, Improv for Humans, there are a million improv podcasts out there. You've definitely heard Del Close's name. Uh, he Huge influence on modern improv. He basically codified what improv improvisational theater is and how it works yes and yeah there you go (laughs) see i know i know the lingo (laughs) he along with sharna halpern and and, and some others like they they were the ones that started uh the second city in chicago which is where you get so many people that you've heard of dude fucking tina fey yes I got a list here. This is just an alphabetical order, and I only picked the biggest names, but there are names on that I didn't pick that were people I know very like to be very funny. I just not everybody knows who they Amy are. Amy Poehler. I mean, like the, Dan Aykroyd. The people this guy fucking trained. Jim Belushi. God, dude. John Candy. Hey, you ever Stephen heard of Colbert. SNL? Chris Farley. You ever heard of John Favreau? Holy shit. Tina Fey. Shelley Long. <laughs> Tim insane. Meadows. Bill Murray, Mike Myers, Bob Odenkirk, the dude, Amy Poehler, Har- Harold Ramis, Andy Richter, uh, Amy Sedaris. That's amazing. That's insane. A, like a million fucking people. And this guy trained or influenced them. Oh, uh, he trained. He trained all those people. He, he his influence is continuing uh, in in improv today. So is he like, still alive? No, he died in ninety nine of emphysema. Oh, think emphysema. See but, you at the cross. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um. But he he had such a huge, huge influence on comedy. Um, and so, like, to see his performance and see how good he really was, like, you understand that, like, like basically he was held back by substance abuse issues and, oh, and no, some other things. Really? But, like, he, he really was, like, he brought everything to this role. And it kind of sucks because this movie, again, bombed, like... It should have been one of those moments where people were like, oh, fuck, he's really, really good. Yeah, totally. We should put him in more shit. Damn. What yeah. a badass, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely He's fantastic, badass. man. He does add this extra element to the movie that could have just been about... I mean, it could have just been a blob from space. It could right. have just been the a, original. a, a right. government fucking experiment gone wrong. Sure. But then to also add this weird doomsday preacher element on top of it yeah just adds this extra layer of like what the fuck and it also is just like god damn why didn't they make a sequel 
to where this guy like unleashes this biblical plague yes. and it's his, you know, mission from God or whatever. Yeah. I would watch the fucking dog shit out of that. <laughs> By the way, he trained both of the people who said we're on a mission from God. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> There you go, man. But, wow. Uh, yes, the, a sequel would have been like absolutely. If this had done well, they there should have been a sequel for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'd like to just raise myself a glass of cold beer mm-hmm. to this fallen star of improv fame. Yeah, Del Close. How about we get ourselves a sip of this here, Fernet Barrel Aged Sour Blonde from our friends over at High Wire. Uh- Specifically, our friend old Justin Marion over there. He yeah. spoke mighty fine of this thing, and this was given to us by Don. Thanks, oh, Don. Don. Thanks, Don. <laughs> Thanks, Don. I'm excited to check this thing out. Dude, all of what you just said seems so counterintuitive. Because a blonde yeah. is usually like light and kind of sweet. Right. Then you got sour. Sir. Then you got fernet, which is floral totally and kind of bitter. Fernet. Do you like a fernet? Mm. It's like every uh, yeah, bartender's I mean, yes. best buddy right now. Yes, I I do like a fernet, but also like it, it's not like it's not something I necessarily crave. But yeah. I've I've had it by itself and had it in stuff where it's real good. It's private school Jägermeister. Is yeah, what it tastes like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first time that I had it, I was like, oh god, I don't know about this. It's like Jäger, but less sweet i mean infinitely less sweet and way more bitter and yeah. herbal and yeah. like minty and stuff too so I'm and i was like not sure work. about it but like it seems like every bartender that i know loves this shit so anytime yes. i go somewhere and i'm like oh yeah i'll do a round with the house whatever. i know roger loves it oh yeah that man's got great taste so. totally um so like i've kind of drank a lot more of this stuff and i've gotten to where i kind of do crave yeah. it now where i'm like oh i understand okay. what i'm getting into and this is pretty fucking nice. I could see this pairing well with a sour. It might be interesting. Yeah, I can see it pairing well, well well with a sour. I don't see how this is going to be a blonde. I don't know about is it. Is it just the color? <laughs> Maybe it's just the color. It's like a nice cloudy blonde yeah. color here. A little bit of light effervescence, typical with a sour. It does smell quite sour. Yeah, it does. I, you, I'm really getting a sour off of it. So well, Let's, let's find just find out. out about that thing. Get in there and get your pull. Tell me what you think about that. Huh. Oh. I was... Okay. Much it's flavor. All of, it's all of that. It it's actually is. It's all of the things. Because immediately you get the sour, but then it kind of it kind of melds into kinda a blonde out. that then kind of releases the fernet. Like, you get the herbal kind of thing yeah. on the back end. Hmm. And you do get a little bit of the cool minty flavor of the fernet, fernet yeah. and stuff in there, too. That's interesting. It is interesting. I, I mean... I'm here for it. Like I haven't really ever had say, anything that tastes like that before. Yeah, that that's yes, that is great. I mean, Damn. it's actually refreshing too, right? It kind of is. I was gonna say, could I drink a bunch of these? And I'm thinking, like, yeah, probably could. <laughs> it's probably pretty could. light. Damn, there's just a lot of flavor. Like to me, a lot of sours yeah. can be very one dimensional, where it's yes, just like where it it's tastes just like, like sour. It tastes yeah, it tastes like citric acid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and that's it. And like booze on the back end or whatever. This really does have a a lot lot of of flavor to to that. Uh huh. Well, shit, man. I mean, High Wire has not let us down. No, they do things that are nice, man, for sure. Wow. That is interesting. Awesome. I enjoy that very much. Me too. Way to go, High Wire. Thanks, High Wire. And way to go, this movie. (laughs) Yes. 
By the way, let's talk about a couple other people on the cast. We got Jeffrey Demon is the sheriff. He's a, a favorite of, of Darbont. He's in like so many other Dharma projects. And then also Bill Mosley. Dude, I did not know he was in this. Like I read trivia and it was like and cameo by Bill Mosley. And I was mm-hmm. like, the fuck where? <laughs> I think that I would notice him. He's one of the guys in the clean suits. He's got a whole scene, you know? Yeah. yeah. And he, of course, he's fucking great. But yeah, he's I did awesome. not recognize uh-huh. that as fucking Chop Top. Yep. And th- I mean, this is after TCM too, but like, yeah, he, he he's still like becoming Bill Mosley at this point. Like he hasn't done Army of Darkness yet or uh, the Return of the Living Dead remake, but like this is early days for him. And it's a small role, but like, you know, he stands out. Always. Yeah. He's always fucking good, mm-hmm. man. Like, I don't know if the if the characters are necessarily like super ultra deep or anything like that, or if there's any like truly amazing dialogue in this, it's pretty functional dialogue. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's meant to be, I think it's meant to be regular everyday dialogue. Nothing is meant to be like a, a a real good, like movie speech or anything. Yeah. There's there's none of those in this really. Uh, I mean, you got the conspiracy angle in this. Which I guess their dialogue is much more like scientific and governmenty and whatever, but yeah. everybody else is just day to day talking. You I know? didn't expect that. That was a twist that yeah. movie took where I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this is like a planned biological experiment that's gone wrong that they're actually kind of stoked about because they're kind of sick it on the Russians. I mean, we just it's talked about it with shit, RoboCop man. and and uh, Escape from New York. This yeah. is. Uh, just, post, just uh, in that late eighties, post Watergate, like post belief in America, yeah, kind of mid Reaganomics. Yeah, it is. It's that time where it's just like instead of it being an outside uh, threat, it's an inside threat. Yeah, and the inside threat is uncaring. Like the, DTA, baby. You know uh, what's his name? The the main doctor, doctor. Ah, fuck. The guy with a gray beard. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with the gray beard. God damn it. Uh, anyway, he. He um he says that they're willing to sacrifice the whole town. Yeah, they're expendable. Yeah, they don't care. Whatever. So like, yeah, the the government is shown as just you know untrustworthy, and they've created this threat because they want to use it as a biological weapon. So it's you know instead of it being um you know just this outer space threat which is oftentimes like an anti-immigration sort of thing or just a a xenophobic fear of the outside this is like a no the call's coming from inside the house type of thing right yeah yeah. this is just like no no no. fear what's fucking happening on the mainland here instead because they're not working for you they're working against you Mm -hmm. which you know again this didn't have to go that angle but it did yeah and i think that it's fucking cooler for it I think so too. I think it adds a lot. I mean, it, it it makes the action happen because the blob is kind of. I mean, it's, it's characterless, man. Yeah, I mean, it's characterless. It's slow. By adding yeah. the threat of the government as well, it puts some spin on it that makes makes it a little more realistic and a little more scary. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is too is especially with the angles of you know government and religion yeah and how they relate to this calamity that happens yes the government creates it religion perpetuates it yeah Yeah. it's totally that thing where it's like there's this horrible thing happening the government goes how can we capitalize off of it and use it to maybe even kill our enemies yeah and then also the religious aspect is just like 
how can I use this to further my congregation and yes. interpret it as the will of God and shit. Yeah, exactly. It's just really cool narrative about what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and the amorphous nature of the blob helps it to be that sort of like thing you can project those things It'll onto. mold it into whatever. Yeah, because it, it doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a personality. It just is destruction, basically. Right. Yeah. Damn, and consumption. Man. Same, it seems consuming. almost like this is still relevant today in some it's way. It's so weird that somehow in the weird. late 80s, <laughs> they caught on to things that are still relevant 40 years later. Huh. So, Interesting. Weird. I don't know. What about that, huh? <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, overall, man, like I said, the, the effects are truly the main star yeah, they really of, are. of the flick. And that's the biggest thing that I'm going to remember about this movie. Like, I won't remember any particular like speech that anybody gave. Sure. Um, clearly, I don't remember character names and stuff like that. No, I had to write them down. Like the only one that stuck with me was Meg because they say it a lot. They do. Yeah, yeah. But man, alive! Do I ever remember when they roll that girl over in the theater and she's like oh, melted to the, the floor? The face is like melting. Yeah. Oh. She's like fucking mozzarella girl, man. She's yeah. a taste of the old country. Yeah. This is Tony Gardner, who's you know uh, the lead on the effects. So who is he? Because I was expecting to see a name like fucking you know Tom Savini or something. Yeah, special the KMB guys or whatever. Yeah. No, I mean we've talked about Tony Gardner Have before. We? He did he did the effects on the Adams family. He did the effects okay. on Army of Darkness. Oh, it's that guy. He also worked on Hocus Pocus and Sick. Zombieland. So he's done he's done a lot of stuff. But actually, how is he not like as much of a household name as like? I mean, Sabini he won. And he, won and guys. he won. He uh, won. You know, uh, Academy Award for uh, Jackass Bad Grandpa. Really? Yeah, is that the same guy? Uh huh. Yeah. P.S. Are we gonna go see the new Jackass or what? Sure. Of course yeah. we are. <laughs> they showed the preview before Candyman, and yeah. it was just like, well, yeah, well, I'm gonna go see yeah, it. It's a Jackass for movie. sure. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna see it. Wow. So this guy really gets around, but it's weird that I like don't know him as like a household horror name. Right. I well, I think he horror's not been his major like focus after a certain point. He's done Word. a lot, like because he did like there's something about Mary and stuff like that. So like. He's done effects because, you know, you think about there's something about Mary. You don't necessarily think about the effects, but there are. There are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think he's moved into more mainstream stuff over horror. But, uh, yeah, this is just they spent almost half the budget on the effects. Nine million out of 19 million dollars spent on effects. It takes a lot of money to melt a kid. (laughs) Melting kids don't grow on trees. You know what they say, man? Holy shit. Whenever it got to that part where they're like roaming around in the sewers and stuff, yeah. that kid goes under the water, Meg jumps in to like rescue him and stuff. I'm just like, well, he's going to be fine. Nope. No, not no, at all. Melting. And it, it, it was just such, like, this movie does those surprises so well. Paul, the sheriff, the kid. You just don't expect it. Dude, next right. time my fucking drain is clogged, I'm going to think twice before I go to unclogging that thing. <laughs> The way that guy gets that sucked into the drain. That is such a cool fucking moment. And dude, the thing is, is like, there's several effects in this. There's that one. There's when that guy gets pulled through that bookcase. There's also when that that main doctor guy gets sucked into that manhole that we were talking about. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, that's what they thought they were doing at the end of Elm Street, where they have the mom get pulled through the door. Yes. It's like that's what they thought they were. But that doing. just looked like a dummy being pulled through the door. It, it was this clearly just like a blow a up human doll being pulled into a drain. And again, it looks painful. It looks yes, it looks like it hurts. Holy shit! Even yeah. whenever the, the main doctor guy, the blob, gets in his suit and it like jumps up into the face mask yeah. of the suit, and then crumples him into that manhole yeah it just looks brutal 
brutal, dude. I have to amend what I just said about the effects. It okay. wasn't half the budget. It was 90% of the budget. The budget no. was $10 million, so $9, 9 million, million went to effects. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. God damn, man. <laughs> well, again, they are I the think star. I think like, my brain compensated because I looked down and saw budget $10 million, and it was like, must mean $19 million. There's no way they no spent way. $9, Nine million of the, of the budget. $10 million on the, bu- on Holy the effects. Holy shit, dude. Jesus. Yeah. I got to say, though, like, unlike some of the flicks we've done recently, like Robocop and stuff, where we're like, man, the effects are faultless, there are some effects in this that are just like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely watching a movie. Some of the green screen screen stuff, especially, like, at the end of the movie. The projection stuff and whatnot. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think that could could be cleaned up easily now. Like, if you were to re-release this and just clean up the lines a little bit. That would, I mean, it wouldn't take much. It, it no. almost entirely looks great. Yeah, it would so, be things like cleaning up seams around green yeah, screen. That it would be, be like correcting lighting where yep. there's two different light sources and yep. stuff like that. It would be small things that would actually make this look a lot yeah. better. Just stuff they couldn't do in '88. Yeah, but and there's things like, like like whenever the uh, the truck gets tipped over and it's just like it's like looking at a fucking Hot Wheel. Yes, like for sure, <laughs> it like, is like that. This is it a is miniature, like yeah, no doubt. <laughs> There's little things that could be better. I mean, but again, you're also looking at the fact that they had ten million dollars to do this. And it's 1988, and there's not computer. And there's effects. like huge like helicopter chase scenes and shit. Like, yeah, there there's big stuff. Dude, in that here shot with than, the the fucking bike jump and shit. That's awesome. So that okay, so that scene, he's being chased by a helicopter. All. The shot of him being chased by a helicopter, all in camera. That there's no like re like. That's a man on. They're a bike. not compensating for shots or whatever. Like putting a few shots together. That is a man on a bike being chased by a helicopter. She fucking does the jump across the bridge. The stuntman landed it. Both tires blew out. The stuntman somehow kept that upright, How? so they wouldn't have to do another shot. It's fucking awesome how do you do that I, strength that's is amazing it. like that, that's some hot rod shit fucking yes it is one it's huge hot jump. rod shit yeah i mean that's amazing yeah it's awesome that th- so like just those shots themselves are like this is awesome and then you do have like the effect of the blob throughout which predominantly looks very good and practical yeah it yeah. really really does man i got an idea though about old Kevin Dillon's bike in this because uh-huh. the whole time I'm watching it, it's just like they're in some random area and then it's just like, oh, he's on his bike. Uh-huh. Like that bike is just always with him somehow. Yeah, it's like his pet dog or something. I think he's got a switchblade motorbike. <laughs> How else could he just fucking flip that thing out? And we know he's a ruffian and a hoodlum, he so he's got a switchy. Pocket, and it's just like in his hand and he presses a button and it turns into a motorcycle. Yeah, because there's so okay. many times where it's just like he's on his bike. Okay, then they're in that VW bug yeah. rolling around. Then it's just like, and now I'm in the sewer, so I have my bike again. <laughs> where the <laughs> fuck did that thing come from? Well, I mean, he got into the sewers with his bike. Oh, did he? Yes. So he when he escaped the government guys, did he throw the bike? Now down we did. A I don't remember it showing how he got his bike, but he escaped the government bi- guys, and then he was like on his bike where he went to a place where he could get in the sewer. 
which then leads to some awesome motorcycle stunts. Okay, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, flinging that thing around that pipe and stuff, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the deal is this is like a Gandalf, like Lord of the Rings thing, where this is like Shadow Bike, the Lord of all bikes. <laughs> and he can just be anywhere and do a really silly whistle. I hope that's true. <laughs> and then it just like rolls up on him. The Somebody Lord of out there has got to edit together a scene of Kevin Dillon whistling and the bike showing up like vroom, vroom. with his switchblade bike. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> what do you think about the pacing in this movie? It, I mean, it never really slows down. I think the slowest moments are in the beginning, which is perfect for ramping up. Like it takes the, a minute to get the wheels yeah, moving. Like the blob. But the blob also is small. It kind of builds as it eats. It kind as of the grows does, yeah. as it eats. Yeah. So like, it the momentum builds as the the blob builds. So like, it is a little bit slower in the beginning, but it, it all kind of like, it it leads to something. So I think that's a good pace because what you you condition your audience to is things are gonna kind of go slow, and then you get to that theater scene where. Oh no, now it's everybody in the theater. Because oh, before it was like one person at a time yeah. getting blobbed. Then now it's, like it's the massacre. whole theater. Yeah. Dude. Even whenever whenever like the projectionist gets like glued to the ceiling and yes. he kind of looks like society up there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So fucking cool, man. I think society came out this year. Did it? In eighty eight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway. Late eighties people. Late eighties mountain people. Dude. There's just like so many gems from the late 80s, early 90s that just get overlooked. I think this is one of them for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think so for sure, man. Yeah, so fucking cool. I do think that the, the pacing is like a little starty-stoppy. Right, they have they have some moments where they, they kind of have to reestablish what's going on a yeah. little bit. Yeah, and it's mainly, honestly, like because of the fault of the fact that the special effects are so fucking good. Yeah. Where like some special effect will happen, and you're just like, God damn yeah what the fuck and, and then, then it's just now like, it's a conversation and yeah. back to some normal yeah, stuff yeah. Uh-huh. and then some like wild ass special effects happen you're like at a 10 again yeah. and then it's like and now i'm back at a five yeah that's how a blob two could have been such a good follow-up because now you've established so much yeah that you can have like a more high paced like action you, man. yeah I-, I want that preacher to fucking unleash yes the biblical blob yeah. on everybody absolutely and that to be its own movie like i'm so ready for that that would be great i i like i i understand why it didn't happen because it didn't make money but it feels like something you know what if somebody if somebody were to be like we're making the blob too finally because it this movie has a cult following now and like people Jeez, really yeah. have started to recognize that this was a way better movie than they realized like if somebody made a blob two now as a sequel to this oh I'd get like it. blob two 40 years later or whatever like the preacher maybe never released it and he died and then is like nephew or whatever who's yeah. a clergyman finds it and reads his diaries or whatever and boom we got the blob too that i'd go for that i'm in dude yeah. i would absolutely watch that mm-hmm. especially if they kept it like as practical as they could i mean shawnee smith is still out there yeah like, she could be in it 100 percent. right on yeah is kevin dylan doing anything kevin D- yeah well, i mean he did, you know, Entourage for eight seasons or whatever. Oh, that was that guy. So, I don't know yeah. if you could lure him back to do a blob too, but maybe. <laughs> maybe, man. Honestly, I don't have a lot to complain about about Mm-mm. this flick. I mean, because even, Me even though I'm saying the pacing is a little starty-stoppy, 
It's I 90 minutes. I didn't mind it. Yeah, it's so fast. Yeah. Like, I put it back on this morning while I was just kind of, like, cleaning and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just found myself, like, getting really wrapped up in the super awesome scenes. Yep. And then I'd go do something else and come back and be like, oh, my God, this scene's fucking sick, man. Yeah. I will absolutely watch this many yeah. more times. Me I'm too. so glad that I finally got to see this because, like I said, my, my expectations were high going into it. And it did not let me down. I thought no. this movie was fucking sick. Yeah, me too. It, it's... I think I think it deserves to be talked about as like one of the best remakes to come out of the '80s, and and maybe one of the better remakes to ever be made. I, I think I mean, so. The Thing is a better horror movie. The Fly is a better horror movie. Yeah. This is more of an actiony version, sure, but fuck, as a movie, it's it's a fun movie. It's fast. Yeah, you you know, it's got its humor. Yeah. It you know, it doesn't club you over the head with it, but the ribbed like yeah. <laughs> the, the condoms, condoms bit, and stuff, man. Uh you know, the the kids like the the sneaking into the the what was it called? Garden Tool Massacre. Yeah, the movie within the movie. It Which is great, like, man. Also, yeah, it's it's got that sort of funny gremlins element to it. I like yeah, I I think this is just one of those movies that Definitely deserves to be considered one of the better remakes ever made. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. man. Without a doubt. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, if I'm going to slap a, a nombre on Let's this thing it. and give it a rating. A nombre. Name. Man. Yeah. If I'm going to put a name <laughs> on it, I'm going to name it Ocho. Okay. I'm going to name it I was going to say eight and a half. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I would agree. I think it's just right up there. It's super solid. It's not going to scare you, really. Nah. It's not, you know, it's not going to be one of those that sticks with you or anything, but it's one of those that's just a fun watch. Yeah. And and probably will be one you'll go back to. Oh, I definitely yeah. will, man. And I bought it on Amazon, too, so yeah, I will I mean, go absolutely. back to it. You yes. Know? Went way harder than a remake of a B-movie yes. schlock thing from the olden days Absolutely. Went so hard Went for no hard reason. hard as fuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, honestly. And now here we are just appreciating it, damn, you know, yeah. 30 years later. Or yeah, absolutely. Really fucking enjoyed this thing. And I hope you guys, too, let us know what you think about it over on the Facebook group and Instagram and everywhere else you can find on our Linktree page. Yep, linktree.ee forward slash dead and lovely. Boy, that's Head catchy. Uh-huh. Linktree. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. Follow yeah, us on all got, social media. It's got all the stuff. It's got our Patreon. Our uh, It's got our PayPal. It's got our Ooh. Uh, all sorts of shit. Our it, OnlyFans. Discord. Our, you know, OnlyFans uh, can go to hell. The, are we aware of that? They're they, back to doing porn again, though. I uh, they they changed yeah, their they, changed they their are back to doing porn. You know what? What a bunch they, of idiots! Dude. They screwed like, over sex workers. And yeah, fucking, they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What a dumb ass decision they made. It's, a it, real it's, dumb. It's ass totally decision. like, hey, you know how everybody still loves Tumblr? No, they don't. They don't because yeah. they took titties away. Yep. So anyway, but yeah, what what is the new thing? Whatever it is. We'll have a link to it. That's right. <laughs> That's We're right. gonna be there. Our MySpace, check it out. Ooh, man. We're friends with Tom. He started the whole thing. Yeah, he's on our number uh, top eight. Our top eight. Our yeah. Top eight. That's what he's on. <laughs> he's there. So yeah, check it out. Uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It's still the only place where podcast reviews matter. Helps That's us true. out a lot. Just takes a second. Go in there, write a review. We've not had any new reviews in a minute. I'm starting to get kind of bored checking those reviews every night. See you if do I got it every night. Ones. No, I don't every just night. Just reread all of them. It's usually like once a week. Oh. Yeah. So to where I'm just like, okay, we're about to do an episode. Do people hate us? No, they love us. Aww, oh, thank nice. you. So I do check, and I do want to read them. I want to read more good reviews. So you guys be sure to go on Apple Podcasts Review and uh, help us out on Patreon. 
yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. There's Ooh. a new one up there on the the uh, pot, Great Pottery Throwdown. That's right. Which we enjoyed. Uh, and then uh, also, if you become a $5 patron, you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl. And then we randomly draw from the smoking bowl and we review the movie that we randomly draw. Last one was damn old Escape from New York. Escape from New York was fucking awesome. Good as hell. We've, we've had so many good ones this year. I can't wait to find out what we're doing in, for September. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, maybe it'll be something awesome like uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Ooh, huge fan <laughs> of that one. I do love that movie. Very Wouldn't much. that be weird? I mean, well, first off, I don't know why it's in there, but second off, if we did it in September. Yeah, that'd be a real wild card, I'll tell you that. Super man. wild card. Now, next week on the show, we're going to be talking about a movie that I'm super stoked to get into. We're talking about old Dr. Sleep. That's right. We're going to talk about that Rose the Hat, who, you know, can kill all the kids she wants. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take my lunch money, girl. Yep. Kill them kids. Yeah, I'm excited to get back to this because I, liked it I enjoyed it in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, I, I had some critiques, but I think if rewatching it, I'd, li- I'd just like to look at it again with a critical eye. Probably end up watching The Shining again, too. Why just, not? Why yeah. wouldn't you? You know? <laughs> so, I'm excited for that. I remember really enjoying this when we saw it in the theaters. Yes. Uh, but I've not seen it since then, you know? Yeah. So and it's I'll on like HBO, it so I, I think they have the director's cut on say, HBO. I was going to say, do you do the director's yeah. cut? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So I've not watched it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. If the director cut it, I'm here to see it. <laughs> that Mike Flanagan, he knows how to cut things. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. It is known. So we'll be checking that thing out on next week's episode, so be sure to watch that thing and get prepared. That way you can enjoy the show to its fullest extent. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. You guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely, and I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Goodbye. So, you know, I fancy myself to be an ideasman. Yeah. I'm an uh-huh. idea man. Right. One of those people that just put em. ideas out there into the universe. See what happens. Tr- I trademark them. Uh, of course. As always, that way I can make uh-huh. some money. I had an idea because back in the day, mm-hmm. there used to be a disgusting frozen sandwich you could get. And now I feel like the brand has kind of declined. What are we talking about? Remember Steakums? Oh, yeah. Steakums still around. Steakums. But yeah. Is anybody eating them? Is there, are they still like a thing? Have you gotten any fucking ads on Instagram for steakums? You know, I haven't. I've, I've heard people talk about them on the Doughboys podcast, right. but it's always in a past tense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because who's eating them now? Okay. Nobody. Good question. Yeah. But it's because they don't have a good slogan. What's their slogan? All What's right. their jingle? What do they got? Nothing. Steakums. Steak them in your mouth. Right. Like, how far can you go with this? I don't know. So I'm just saying, if anybody from, from you know, Big Steakum Big <laughs> is listening right now, I've got it for you. Let's hear it. You just go with this. The flavor is unmistakable. Unmistakable. <laughs> unmistakable. That's great. Start printing the money, boys. 100%. Steakum's you, back. You may. <laughs> Steakum will rise again. <laughs> Finally. I mean, I I sit around sometimes and I'm like, you know what I need? Some shitty steak. Yeah, some shitty frozen meat. <laughs> I love a shitty frozen meat. 
But Ooh. dude, like when you put it that way, it's not charming. But when you, you know? talk about that unmistakable flavor, <laughs> the second you say it, I kind of want to steak them. I kind of want to steak them. It's like so. It's just <laughs> it's like you're saying. Well, it's not going to be any taste you're used to. No, it's going to be un. Mistakeable. <laughs> so there you go, guys. You heard it here first. Steakums are coming back, and it's thanks to Uncle Ben. 2022, the year of steakums. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy some steakum stock. Steakum coin. <laughs> well, yeah. Steakum coin. I want that to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs>